Hey guys, welcome to another episode of uh, Take Heart. Um, love to be with you guys this evening or this morning, depending on when you're watching it. Uh, before we get started on this one, uh, I want to set some expectations. Uh, this time, I don't know that this particular one will, I don't know if everybody's experienced this or if not. So if you get through this and you say, well, you know, I, I can't really relate, I understand that. And I don't, I won't, I wouldn't be upset if you just say, you know what, I'll watch another one. Uh, if you choose to continue to watch it, um, I want you to really think about maybe being able to, to help a brother. Watch it for a friend, so to speak, so you know what to do um, if you see the scenario take place. However, if you are a, a person who um, can relate to what we're going to be into today, um, if it's common to you, then I would ask that you hold on and um, maybe go back and re review some of the scriptures to, to really look into it and say, you know, what can I get from it? I don't know that I'm going to uh, be able to cover it in total, or, but I want to point you in the right direction. So the goal here is to get you thinking more is it for me to um, preach or even teach. Um, we just want to wrap around a subject that I don't know that, I'm not confident in saying that, it, that, is, that it's talked about often. All right. So saying that we're going to be in two, two places. I'm going to bounce back and forth a little bit um, between Psalm 77 and First uh, Kings chapter 18 and 19. So with that said, uh, let's get started. Psalms 77, verse one, it says to the chief musicians, to Jeduthun. How often, how many times did I look at that? I, I, I don't know how to say this guy's name, but it's a Psalm of Asaph. I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. Um, I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be vague, but just the start of this psalm, I love, especially given what it is, just understanding that he cried out to the Lord with his voice and he gave ear to me. That's a, it's almost a spoiler alert. It's saying that whatever we're gonna talk about, um, one thing that we know we can take joy in is that, that when you cry out to the Lord, that God will hear you. Um, what we can't guarantee is that um, when he hears you, that there will be an instant fix. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit. So let's go on. So Psalms 77 uh, verses two through four says, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed, Selah. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. So um, I love this because it's in the Bible. So it's real, right? I mean, somebody wrote this down and the Lord thought that it was so important that he would put it in a psalm. And um, so what's going on? Asaph, the, the writer of the psalm, he, he's hurting. Verse two says, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without sleep. And he can't sleep. He's, he's calling for the Lord, and it seems that he's calling all night long. And um, I know I've been there, and I know many other people have. And it's great because he's calling to the Lord in this. He's, he's hurting, there's pain, it's real. This is, this is someone who believes in the Lord and they're really going through something. Let's look at verse three, it says, I remember God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. 
Um, he knows to call on to the Lord, but he's still broken. His heart is still, for whatever reason, whether it's sin or not, I don't know that it matters here, but he can't get in that place of speech. That, that, that word, the word for overwhelmed means that faint. It's not overwhelmed like you got so much that you can't, that you can't stand it anymore, but it's, it's almost that, that you're hiding, that you're feeble now, that, that, that was your defense mechanism has now been broken. Um, verse, verse four says, you hold my eyelids open and I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. Um, although he's calling out to the Lord, although he's, he's wanting some relief, uh, he's, not, he's not wanting to be sociable. He's not, he's, he's become reserved. He wants to, he needs to hear from the Lord, but he, he doesn't feel like whatever's on his heart is weighted on him so much that he can't speak. He's become isolated and reserved. So where is he, right? So he's, he's called out to the Lord three times in verses two, three, and four. Um, he can't sleep. His soul is overwhelmed. He's availed, so to speak. He can't sleep. Um, if, we had to, if we had to put it in one word, we'd say he's depressed. Um, I won't know if I would call it despair, but it, it may be a little bit of both, but um, he's not just upset. He's not just angry. He's not just sad. Um, how did he get there? Uh, some would always say, like when you're talking to a buddy, say, you, say you've gotten yourself in a place where you're not getting a lot of sleep, that you, you, you feel like you're reaching out to the Lord, but you're not getting where you're going. Um, the, our first, we always say, this is because of sin. Right, you have done something bad. Turn it over. What did you do? Right? Did you steal something? You've been drinking. Um, like, did you cheat on your wife or did you cheat on your husband? I hate to always use a guy for that, but it can happen either way. Um, so we always think that the guy who's talking is like a Samson, right? A guy who is in the circumstances strictly because of, um, excuse me here, strictly because of something that he did wrong. And so we're from that camp, or maybe. Maybe we've read some more and we say, maybe it's not sin. Maybe this guy's having a Job moment, right? Uh, we think of Job and he's in this, this cosmic battle where the Lord has allowed um, trials to fall upon him. And it's not really his fault. He's, he's known as a righteous man, uh, but it's an opportunity to be faithful. He just says, just stay the course. I know you feel horrible, but if you just wait it out, you'll be faithful. You know, you'll be faithful to the Lord. Um, I believe those are the most common, and um, I think there are very simple ways to look at it, but i like to present to you maybe a, a third opportunity, like um, I'm a football player, so right, so you got offense, defense, and sometimes uh, people forget that a third of the game is special teams. So this is my special teams offer to you, like the, maybe a third of, of, of why believers, I'm not talking about unbelievers here, but why believers may, may still be in despair or sp still be de depressed or hurting even though they're calling out to the Lord. Um, so if you'd like to take a look at that, I, I, I'd invite you to, to take a look at Elijah. And um, this is a character that I'll turn to when, when I find myself in a place I don't wanna be. And um, I just like to share that with you guys uh, for this time. So 1 Kings 18, 19. And I love it, it says, now therefore send and gather all of Israel to Mount Carmel. 450 of the prophets of Baal and 450, I mean 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at, the, at Jezebel's table. So he's, he's saying, get all the prophets together. 
and um, so they have this this this, and we all know the story, right? So they they have this this battle um, of sacrifices to God, and you know you have the prophets of Baal, and they can't get the sacrifice, and then and then and then and then Elijah. He sets his sacrifice, he calls down fire from heaven, and he burns up the wedded sacrifice. He like, not only did he call down fire from, from heaven, but he, he also wetted. So he's like turning water to fire. And so if you skip down from uh, 1 Kings verse 18, I mean chapter 18, verse 19, to 1 Kings 18, 39 and 40, it says, Now when all the people saw it, what did they see? They saw the results of his success. Uh, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal, do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. So we all know this is a great victory, a great success for Elijah. Everything's great. Um, there's no... There's nothing bad to talk about, but then we have chapter 19. So I would ask you to look over to chapter 19 for a second. And chapter 19 rings completely different. It says this, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. He says, by tomorrow, you're gonna be dead. Um, and then he saw that, so it was in a letter. She actually wrote it down. So anytime somebody writes it down, it's serious, right? And when he saw that, he rose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came out and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed. Notice that he's not just doing anything but he's talking to the Lord and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough now Lord take my life for I am no better than my father's what just happened right you got to sit back and ask yourself chapter 18 he's doing what we know is a victory like most people say Elijah is one of the best prophets he's the most well-known prophet because I mean look what he did look how he showed uh, who God was at Mount Carmel, but how does he see it? And I just, I need you to go along with me here because I think we come into the circumstances more often than we thought and, and we don't know it. So we kind of, I think if we're aware of the circumstance, uh, it might help us um, defeat it a little better. So how does he see it? He understands that he followed the will of the Lord. He just called fire to rain down from heaven. The Lord working through him, but he's the vessel, right? He killed at least 450 people. And in between there, I didn't mention, uh, he, he ended the drought. So with all of these things that the Lord has asked him to do, this is his best shot. Elijah has done the very best that he could, put his best foot forward. I mean, he's killed people. He's changed the weather. He's causing fire to rain. I mean, he's a superhero and it didn't work, right? When he's done, Jezebel still wants to kill him. So when he says that he prayed that he might die, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. I don't know that I've heard a lot of people say that it's out of pride. I don't think that's the case. I think 
what he's looking at is he's saying, Lord, I thought this was it. His idea, his perspective for the plan that God had in his life, he was all in. And when it didn't turn out the way that he wanted it to or the way that he truly believed, he fell into a little bit of depression. He felt like he failed. He says, when someone says that, take my life, he's feeling worthless. But not only that, but he's saying that, Lord, I thought we had something special. I'm no different than my father's. I thought that what, my, what we had done to make a change was going to be effective. And now I'm in a point where I'm questioning that. I'm questioning what you called me to do if I'm really the guy for it. Maybe it's my sin. Maybe it's my inabilities. But he starts to look at himself and says, Lord, I'm not worth it. Get another guy. Right. I'm no different than the failures in the past. I'm no different than what's going on. So how can we how can we relate? Right. I mean, I'm not Elijah. You're not Elijah. But how can you relate? And I would say that this this happens to us when our plan for the Lord or what the Lord has for us, what we think the Lord has called us to do when that goes south or when we're sure that God is. We absolutely know that he wants us to do this one thing and we put all our chips into it. We put all our faith into it and it doesn't go our way. Let me give you some examples. So a promotion at work, right? You've been diligent on a job. You've worked for years and years and years, giving your life to the company, been an excellent representative for Christ on the job and you don't get the promotion, right? And it could be that you, it could be either way. It could be because they find somebody better or, or, or maybe even you sinned and that you just fell short. Um, or you could get the promotion and then you realize what in the world? This is nothing like what the Lord, like what I thought it was going to be. <sighs> or look at your family. Um, you see this a lot. You can, um, you see this in women, but I, I would say the family as, as a whole, uh, just wanting and desiring to, to have a child and not being able to have it, being barren or uh, putting, you know, going to the doctor over and over, finally getting good news only to know that, wait, no, it's not what we thought it was. We've been trying, we've been praying, we've been fasting. The whole church has been with us, but it's, it's just not gonna happen. But, but you know that the Lord put something in your heart to try. Um, or even, even for your spouse, where you have a, a spouse that says that, that, that doesn't want to come to the Lord and you've just been working so hard and working so hard and then they come and then they fall away and you just feel like everything that you put forth uh, just isn't working. So I want to go back to Asaph, right? He has very similar emotions um, that we need to examine because there's pitfalls and traps here that, that if we could, we'd like to sidestep. So, Back to Psalm, Psalm 77, verses 5 and 6, it says, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate with my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. And this is great because um, he's trying to do the right thing. Asaph is saying, listen, I'm going to think about what you did before. I'm going to remember my song because we all have a song. We all have, have a story of what God has done for it. And, and I'm going to meditate that on my heart. So he's, he's withdrawing not to be isolated, so to speak, even though he's hurting, but he's going to seek the Lord and what the Lord has done for, the, for him in the past. And um, although this is awesome, there's a bit of a trap here. 
Because what happens is you understand that your song has led you up to the moment that you're in that just failed. So when you go back and you read it and you look and you, and, and, and you, and you go, and go over what, how the Lord got you to this point, how he, how he moved you from here to there and from there to here, you can say, well, well, Lord, if you did all of that, why in the world am I here? What's going on? When his, when his spirit is making diligent search, what are you searching for? Your hope is in the Lord. You're looking for, all right, Lord, I don't have another plan. I don't understand. I was all in here and now it's broken. How in the world? So a moment where you would look to figure it out, and that's a problem. You shouldn't be trying to figure it out is, is really what we're getting at here. But as you try to figure it out and you don't find the answers, it can lead you straight into Psalms um, 77, verse 7 and 8. Now let's read those for it. it. says, Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promises failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has his anger shut up his tender mercies? Salah. So when he goes back and looks at the story, whatever predicament it is seems so permanent now that he's saying, Lord, you, you got me all the way here. I think of Samson when after he, I think it's with the donkey's jawbone, he kills like a thousand people or 10,000 people or some ridiculous number of folk. And then he gets thirsty in the wilderness. He says, Lord, I just killed all these people. Are you, am I going to die of thirst? Is that really what's going to happen? Um, this is a pivotal moment, a pivotal moment uh, because your first attempt to seek the Lord, right or wrong, didn't work. So now you have the opportunity to, to feel abandoned, betrayed, feel that you're a failure, feel even more worthless than you, you, you might have to start. That, that, that somehow what you put your heart into, which was really God's plan and maybe not so much God, has fallen apart. And I've seen at least the opportunity to Benson. Right. And what I mean by that is like you're an alcoholic that you say, you know what, I don't know what to do. I'm going to turn to I'm going to drink the weekend away or I'm going to eat the weekend away or I'm going to be a jerk until I figure it out. But uh, it doesn't help. It doesn't it doesn't bring you to a point of joy. Not quite yet. There's still some work to be done here because this isn't an easy thing to shake. But at this point, you lost your guard. You're, now you're vulnerable, right? You're questioning the Lord's faithfulness to you. You, you don't feel like you've been um, adequate to, to, to pursue God's plans. So the real question is, where do you go from here? So what's the fix, right? We've talked about it. We're, we understand that as Christians that there, there's opportunity when we get too strung out on, on the works that it takes to satisfy God, which is completely wrong that we can lose, but how do we fix it? That's the real point, right? What do we have to do to fix it? Because one, at this point, you don't want to talk to anybody else. Elijah is in the wilderness. At one point, he's one day's journey, and sooner he, he, he gets even further and he finds himself in, in a cave. Um, Samson is in, in, usually, I think he's in jail, and he's at the, the grinding wheel, and it's just more characters. Uh, Job would be uh, alone, cutting his sores, uh, Jonah would be in the belly of the, of the whale, right? So this isn't a place where you're like, it's phoning a friend. And uh, let's see what Asaph has to say. All right, so Psalm 77 verses seven and eight. Oh, I'm sorry. 
verse 10. And I said this in my anguish. Get that, right? He's angry. He wrote it down. He's, he's not happy about the situation. Uh, he says, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I remember the works of the Lord. Surely I remember your wonders of old. So on my notes, I have this highlighted, your wonders. So I love this verse too. I just, I love the, the whole Psalms. It's not my favorite Psalms, but it's, it's up there. So first, I love it that it's okay to be here, right? Because we like to pretend that we're not here when we are, right? Every prayer doesn't have to be, it's okay to come to, to, to the Lord when you're anguished, right? In, in your rawness. Uh, but also you see here is a pretty significant change in perspective. If you go back and look at everything else that I've, I've read so far, um, there's been a lot of I in it, right? And it's really the help or my involvement with God. But when you get to a place where you're falling on your face, you need to remember his hand. You need to remember his wonders and not your own. Um, God is so big that we, we think that, that he's lost the details when it's pretty clear when we read the scriptures that he, that he hasn't. Let's look at verse 12. Um, so not only he, will he call out in his, his anger and remember the works of the Lord, but verse 12 says this, he says, I will also meditate on your work and talk of your deeds. Uh, your way, O oh God, is a sanctuary. Who is great? Who is as great as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You, you have with your arm, and that arm is an arm of strength. So he's saying that with your strength, redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and of Joseph, Selah. So here, He's specific. So it's, it's, it's just two, it's two things here. Consistency, it won't happen tonight, right? If you, like if you find yourself in a place tonight where you feel like you're so angry, you're so upset that you completely, you feel abandoned. It's, I don't know that you go to, you stay up all night and you seek the Lord and then tomorrow you're better. Asaph is saying that I'm going to remember and then I'm going to meditate. Then I'm going to talk about it, right? And then I'm going to, to, to understand that, that your strength redeems your people because we, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't research into why he feels this way. It could be, I don't know if it's his sin, if it's no sin, or if it's even success that's brought failure. Um, but he gets specific. And I would say that you get specific. I, I, um, let's turn just really quick to 1 Kings 19, 14 and 18. I'm gonna read this to you. It says this, it says, this is Elijah speaking. The Lord is asking him, he says, why are you here? And the Lord typically asks us that when we're, you know, got our face in a pillow somewhere. Why are you here? So Elijah, and he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because of the children of Israel has forsaken your covenant and tore down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I am left, I alone am left. And they seek to take my life, which is, I get it right? At your job, you might be the only person there, 
we know through the rest of the story that he's not. But Elijah, he's saying, I'm, I'm so far in it, Lord, that, that it's, it's me alone. I'm here because I've been, I've been trying to do your work, Lord. He's telling God, like, look, I'm trying to do it, what you're talking about. But then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Heziel as king over Assyria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mahalah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escaped the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escaped the sword of Jehu, Elijah sh shall kill, will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So I love this because the Lord doesn't, I don't see him scolding him. He's not really pampering him either. But what he does, it was so huge, so huge in the life of a believer, is that he gives him a plan, right? He's set in a cave and finally he gets a plan from the Lord. And um, sometimes we have to just sit and wait and not just wait but we have to remember like like what was the last thing that the Lord either what was the last the good thing that God gave us um, I, I was talking to my brother about this and I said well, what's the last thing you remember that was good he said well I got up this morning and the joke is if you got up this morning or I don't know if it's a joke or a proverb but I'm gonna tell you if you got up this morning then God still has a plan uh, Asaph, he says, he says, I wanted to sing my song to the Lord. Well, when you're in this position, you understand that if you woke up this morning, that the Lord is preparing a new song for you. And your job is to hold on tight and understand and believe that he is who he is so that you can receive that new song. Um, another verse I'd like to look at, just in the specifics on how strong God's arm is, is Judges 16, uh, 22 and so I, I have it here if 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 you understand the context of Samson he has not done anything right and by the time you get to 16 he's failed and there's this little this little verse that says however the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven so Samson having lost his strength because his hair was shaven and have had fallen into the hands of his enemies to at his own fault. It's not something that he could say that is not his fault or so. But when you find yourself depressed because of something that you actually did, this is the verse for you. You can look and it says, no matter how bad it was, the Lord allowed his hair to grow again. So in my Bible, however, is, is, is what Davon did, however, the Lord allows. So Psalm 77, 16, it says, The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you. They were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your arrows flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwinds. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was in the sea. Your path in the great waters and your footsteps were not, shown, not known. 
Um, like in this culture, the sea was known as is 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 chaos. It's something that cannot be tamed. Um, is a place where where the diva. Uh, you've you've heard uh, David in the Psalms talk about Leviathan, and uh, Job 38, where the Lord talks about his omniscience and his 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 power over all things. And so, not only do we need to look at the specifics of what he's done in in our life specifically and what he's done specifically in other brothers' lives, whether you have a story that you tell in your family or if you just turn to the word. Um, but you often have to understand that he was intentional in bringing the Israelites through the sea. He was intentional in calming the sea. Um, he was intentional in bringing the great flood to let us know that the things, even nowadays, hurricanes and great big events, the Lord has complete control over um, so as you begin to take your eyes off of your situation and how you've been inadequate, you have to think about the abundance of power and how adequate God really is and that he really doesn't need to, he doesn't owe you an explanation for why things went awry or why he allowed you to fall or how the circumstances came to be, but that you can trust. Let's look at verse 20 and I'll end with this. It says, Given all of that, you can trust you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So you always got to have a verse. You got to have something tucked in your pocket that you can turn to and that you can meditate on as you walk out of any kind of depression. But um, the kids in our, our Sunday school, they, they memorize this. And I think as adults, we forget it or we memorize it and we forget to apply it. But here's God's promise for us, right? It says, and as corny as it is, we need it. It says, the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Verse three, he restores my soul. Catch that, right? You gotta understand that he restores the soul when it's broken. When you when you've not done the right thing or where trouble finds you he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake not because of who you are you're fantastic um, i would even question that we're not critical to his plan but we're invaluable to him and i think sometimes we get those backwards yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, not my rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you hold on to that, and you pull it out when you need it. For those of you who don't need it, God bless you. But for those of you who do, take some time to be with the Lord and find your own psalms to put in your pocket, the promises of God of what he can do and in his authority. And his armor is never short. So amen, God bless, and uh, I hope to, to hear from you guys or see you guys next week.